Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what time zone we're in. This morning's topic is a little bit of a long title, but something we've been talking about here for a few months now because it seems to be so misunderstood. You hear that? Misunderstood. I believe anything I say, but you could consider it. I'm very old. I've been looking at this for a long time. The whole thing, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, in two different lineages. I had a uh, Vajra master and I had a Zen master. I was extremely confused and angry and resentful and paranoid. Uh, before I even started this particular path in 1973, officially, I've looked, I looked at everywhere I could for help, psychiatrists, therapists, Scientology, uh, Primal Therapy, the Center for Feeling Therapy. I won't list all the books on philosophy and psychology and self-help. I don't know if they even had self-help back in the earlier part of the last century. So the title of the talk is uh, more, I think it's more questions, responding to answering more questions about the D word, devotion. How do you mean I got to be devoted to? No, you don't. No, you don't. Do it by yourself. I wasn't able to do that, but you may be a lot stronger, a lot more intelligent, a lot more insightful than I am. I didn't say it was. I got nowhere. There's nowhere to go, but the ego mind continually ramps up and is addicted to success, to progress. The very nature of the ego is to get somewhere. This is not a mundane path. If you want a mundane path, then get out of here. I mean it. You can say goodbye. But the piece, people who do leave don't say goodbye. I've noticed they would rather send me a little text. I can't do this anymore. Am I mocking them? You bet I am. I'm not saying they're dealing with a whole load of paranoia and cultural bias about everything. Not to mention Buddhism, but Buddhism is just a name or something that arose 2,500 years ago because of the, of the awakened one, the Buddha, the enlightened one. Seem to catch on a few places. Still here, not because there was one teaching the whole way, because there all the misunderstandings uh, helped it show up today. Is it here today? Yes. It is. And it's not separate from anyone that's listening to this. But you may not be able to discover it if you continue to spin around in your own self-depreciation, your self-appreciation, your self-centeredness, and, and believing your crazy thought patterns, including the ones that are relatively correct. The ones that are relatively correct. You've got all kinds of proof that you get to blame that person for how you feel. 
mundane path. Go ahead and do it. Try to stop blaming. I say don't blame, but that's to help you see how much you're actually blaming someone else for what's happening in your sensorium. I don't feel that it is possible to do this without I'm saying it isn't, but I don't feel that it's possible to do this practice to realize the nature of the Buddha's teaching without training the mind. Sit down, hold still, face the, face the wall, wall gazing, as has been taught for a long time. Sit down, hold still, observe the mind. Now, I know the Tibetans, and I practiced that pretty extensively. I haven't done everything they teach there, but enough to know what it is in the millions, let's say. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. If you feel like you need to do that, plenty of people teaching that, they call them lamas. Or people that are teaching out of that that are not necessarily lamas, but think they know a lot. And they probably do. You can also go to Japan and train in traditional Soto Zen, and you have all the, you know, you, you know you're doing it right because all those Zen masters are telling you you're doing it. Go there, study in a monastery. Might have to have more credentials than what is showing up right here. So devotion is very personal. When everybody sits and faces a wall, that's very personal. It just looks because we're so attached to these bodies that you see 15 people all facing a wall, we think they're all doing the same thing. No. Each one is looking at the nature of their mind practicing shikantala as it comes and goes, it comes and goes, it comes and goes. Seeing the movement is stability. But if you think it's stability, then you just abandon what it is, or what you think it is, or a concept about it. It's a very difficult area for the ego, because we're always fueling our ego mind with uh, half-truths, or evidence. All evidence is partial. I'm not sure who I'm quoting, maybe myself. So the idea of questions here, uh, I'm stop talking here in a minute, and I'm going to ask you to ask me questions about devotion. But the next thing I want to say is not only is everybody facing a wall doing something different, everyone studying uh, Vasubandhu, the 30 verses of the Samdhina Machana Sutra, the Heart Sutra, the Diamond Sutra, the Majima Nikaya, you know, I could go on and on and name drop from now till whenever. Never, haven't read any of them. I just haven't known the names of them. But anytime you or any other, other yous on each side of you start to study something, what that in terms of Buddha Dharma is starting to address the very area that you personally are shut down, closed off, or are believing in a self that is threatened. If you study under me, if you don't start feeling paranoia, then you should go somewhere else. Not that I'm so scary, but what I represent is, is a death knell to the ego. Ask anybody who lives in the monastery. And so we're having a lot of commotion go on here in the form of people here listening to this old man and thinking, I think I need to study under it. 
that person. I need to study with this Sangha. So have people somewhat due to the the Fox on devotion. This sounds like maybe I need to do this. And other people listening to that, and rather than coming to me and telling me how they're working with it, they send me a text, a semi-love note. I really appreciate you, but I just can't do this. You can't be my teacher anymore. Hasn't happened a lot. Three times. Three recently in the past, and there's all those other people that think I'm uh, out to manipulate them, get their money, or have sex with them. I don't need anything. Am I gonna, I'm going to brag a little bit here. I'm probably going to sound like that. I don't really need anything. I don't need you guys. I don't need, I don't need anything. I don't need to be a great, famous monk, teacher. We don't need this monastery. We don't need it. We got it. But we don't need it. This is, does not mean I don't care about you or love you, of course. I'm just saying that the, the need, the grasping for something else is gone. Interested? Or would you rather continue to grasp for, the, for something else, the truth, or something right? Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to do that for three more years, eight more years, ten more years. Maybe you'll do that until your next incarnation. And of course, as I say over and over again, because I'm trying to help you understand what I'm talking about, I don't believe in reincarnation. I don't believe in anything. It's not necessary to believe things. So each person sitting facing the wall is doing something different. That's why the technique is so radically simple. Sit down, hold still, sit in a symmetrical posture. There's not a lot of manipulation of your wonderful lifetime. Hold still and watch what moves. Don't believe anything. Don't disbelieve anything. Don't look away. Just observe awareness, awareness, awareness. Very difficult to do. Especially if you're doing it for hours and hours and hours at a time, which I hope you are. I'm not here to be anyone's friend. I may be friendly. I may be super friendly. I may be hug and cover you with kisses. Depends on who you are. Depends on what this relationship is. But that sitting and facing of all is different for everybody. And also, the main point here in this talk is devotion is different for everyone. And if, if the teaching person is not extremely clear about who they are and what everything else is, they will misunderstand what is headed their way. And they will twist it to their own ends to protect their reputation. Well, I can't do that. It would look like I was um, molesting somebody. Well, I don't give a shit about that. Do I give a shit about people being molested? Yeah, I was one of them. Of course I do. I'm not going to say my heart goes out because it, it doesn't. It's separate from this heart or your heart. You need to realize it or not or hang around and do whatever you do for the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. So how devotion shows up for each person is going to be completely unique. And if you are lucky enough to have a true teacher, then he, she, or they will meet you right in the middle of your heart center. It may look like they're sitting across the room smoking a cigarette. That was my first experience of meeting the Satguru. All right. I remember asking him, there was only 15 people in the room or so, maybe a dozen. And they said, 
was the only question I ever asked him. Uh, put my hand and he pointed with his, uh, what was he holding then? In those days, I think he wasn't holding a fan yet. I think he was holding a door jade. So, but there was no bell there. So you're not supposed to separate those two, which I right away, I knew that. Right away, so, <laughs> so he's, but, no, but, but he was the wisdom. He was the, he was the ganta of the bell. And I said, uh, Jay, do you, do you smoke cigarettes when you're by yourself when you're not? Because I thought he was the secret teaching of smoking, being a former monk and a toku, and here he is doing something as we all know is evil. Of course, I smoke too. <laughs> and uh, at the time, I didn't know that the clear water in his glass uh, was sake. He was half loaded, probably. And I said, you smoke cigarettes when you're by yourself? And he said, and I have to imitate his voice a little bit because it's uh, challenging. He said, I think so. Was that close? <laughs> it wasn't quite as corny as that. It was much more precise. And uh, I sat there and looked at him, and he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. And a couple hours go by, and I'm like, but I'm not. I feel like there's some other question that was on its way up, and then somebody off to one side just interrupted. Say, well, Rabbi Jay, I think what he's trying to say to you, and he held his, uh, probably his door, Jay, I don't know, could have held up a Glock for all I know, <laughs> outer space. And uh, he said, I know what he's saying. I know what he's asking. We stopped her. And we went back to looking at each other for a moment. And then somebody else raised their hand. So I completely lost uh, what was arising. <laughs> I apologize for my instability. I maintain nothing. I prevent nothing. I still am very devoted. So I feel kind of foolish doing this, but since I was a fool before I started leaping, it doesn't really affect me that much. So just a fool. Last thing I'll say before I open up for questions is mind your own business. I don't mean that not to be nosy or look into something, but I'm saying when you see somebody's affection or devotion coming towards a, a teacher, you might want to look at your own mind stream instead of looking over and judging them and using that to freak out. Using that to keep you, to have you, let your ego, your paranoia buy into what you're seeing there, the concepts about that, oh, that person's being controlled. Uh, this looks like a cult. If it's a cult, you won't know it until it's just about swallowed you up and your family and your finances. You might want to look closely at the people that are in this situation and see how much anybody is being controlled. So devotion is different for each person. Some people don't have an emotional uh, dynamic happening to the extent that someone else does. So their devotion is, is intellectual, it's conceptual. They test the teacher, they prod the teacher, they poke at the teacher to try to find out when they study this and study that. And then they have the opportunity to talk to a true teacher 
not making any claims, that would be up to you. It's a way of talking about someone who talks out of what they see, not out of what they know. This is not, it's as a relative aspect of it, but it's not relative knowledge. It's ultimate. It's ultimate knowledge, which is not really like knowledge at all. Because it's knowledge, relative knowledge is a knowledge about something. That's a white kata. This is a, a brown altar, bread altar. This is a living human being. Ultimate knowledge isn't about something else. It isn't about anything. It is just this. And it's uh, commonly called wisdom, if it's called at all. Or, or jnan, or jnana. So I'm not here to particularly promote you or promote anything to you, but I, I could say you could consider it. If you have an interest in transcending this world while there's still a heart beating, it's possible. It takes quite a while. It takes a lot of intention. And it takes, uh, doesn't take getting rid of the paranoia. It, it takes understanding the paranoia. And the paranoia can uh, cause you to say, jump ship, just like, uh, People do. It's kind of like, uh, well, I can't do that. Uh, uh, someone recently said, someone I, that felt like an extremely close heart connection with this person said, uh, I'm not up to this or I, I I'm not advanced enough or something, so I can't do it. And it was very kind of uh, in the text. It was very respectful. Didn't send it to me, but sent it to, to me and uh, a few other people. So, so this person didn't have to respond directly. To me, so that way it kind of says, "Don't respond to me." It didn't come to. It was in a personal text. It was a group. I was in a group text with someone that I felt very, very close to, that I still love deeply. But I cannot help that person unless that person is willing to bring some devotion this way, to see what is here and step through, or with, or as their paranoia. Not easy. And this isn't for everyone. This is not something we're going out and knocking on doors. You try Buddhism, Buddhism may help you. Buddhism isn't going to help you in the way that most people want help. As Chungpa Rinpoche said, uh, da, uh, the ego, this is a like a funeral. It wants to attend its own funeral because it can't, because it's not because it's dead, I wouldn't say it that way. I'd say it's just unreal. It's never, never has been anything other than a concoction to, in order to, as he also said, uh, to serve uh, the seventh consciousness as a paranoia of self-centeredness. Been going on for centuries, way before this lifetime. Questions? You better have some. So often, like that, what you ground shifting. Good. And, and I'm going to offer gratitude to the entire song for Speak a little louder so they can hear how grateful you are. I want to take uh, thank the entire song for being so loving and accepting and helpful. And, uh, sometimes I work seventy hours a week, and they just want your money. Are they? they just want your money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it. No. <laughs> We're employees. Well, 
and uh, I, and there's there's a spaciousness in my heart now that I I, uh, I I I needed I needed to get to that and, um, and so I I don't have another question for you because this one will guide me for that's good a long time and um, I see devotion I'm looking at devotion I, I'm looking at devotion all the time. Thank you, thank you. Questions? Shazan. Shazan bowing. Is there a way to get some perspective from a, sometimes it's a situation that triggers and, and you, I get so consumed on one single small point that the whole panorama is missed. Can we, can we see that? Stay with the point. Don't go to your idea of panorama. Stay with the point. Let it eat you alive. In other words, don't argue with the Buddha's teaching. His first teaching, the first words out of his mouth is life of suffering. This is not nihilism. He was just being sincere, direct, and honest with us. Is letting something eat you alive different than buying into the story? No, don't buy. Just listen to the story. And the story may be a couple lines like, that person's really irritating to me, or every time I see them, I feel this way or that way. Something along that line, or you have another one. Anytime I'm triggered, there's the impulse to address the relative situation, to correct or to, to abandon. What do you do with it? Correct or abandon? Sometimes. What do you do the rest of the times? Ask you about it. And then the rest of the times? Ask you about it. How about that other time? Ask you about it. Okay. So you're asking me about it, and I'm saying, just observe it. Just observe, just receive what it is. No matter how smelly, stinky, how emotional, how threatening, how, 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 how terrified. Let, let, be, be genuine. Be the, be the emotion you're trying to get rid of so that you can see that that emotion is dependent and arisen and no one is having that emotion and that there is no self in this context. Form, feeling, perception, concept, and consciousness does not add up to a being. It doesn't add up. You can't add those together. It's like adding rocks to blades of grass. Works in a painting. Yes. My mind, what's the difference between being the emotion and buying into the emotion? Being the emotion hurts, and buying into the emotion uh, protects you from it because then you think you're up, you're, you're onto something. You're beginning to understand it, and you're sucked into the vortex of the thinking mind, which analyzes, uh, condemns accepts, rejects, looks for ways out, uh, cracks in the uh, light coming through the cracks, kind of a relative path that has a highfalutin uh, sound to it, like I'm on the spiritual path, I'm understanding my this or that. Go ahead. True light that can also be um, a credential. I'm listening. Of feeling the emotion. What did you do with that? Don't do anything with it. If you see that it's a credential, and you're feeling the emotion, and you're and you're giving yourself a pat on the back. Well, at least I'm being. Remember that heard that word before in your mind. Too. Well, at least I'm just being with the emotion. Remember that one. Yeah. Just observe that. If you do it, if you just observe that, try to push it away. It'll hide behind a barrel of lard, and it'll come creeping out in the middle of the night. Jump right back into the saddle, and it'll come up the next time you have to. So just observe. Whatever shows up might look like otherness, 
it might look like, oh, this is another way. This is, oh, now I see. If you say, oh, now I see, you might as well be on stage. It has about that much uh, strength. It's just a play, just an act. Go ahead. Shoka. Shoka Vine. How do we see true devotion in our own mind stream when we're confused? If you can just look at the confusion, receive the confusion, this is devotion. So what is the difference between actual devotion and what we think devotion is? One's a concept and one is, doesn't have any, you don't even know what to call it. That's why it's so terrifying to ego because it's like, I think I'm losing my protective walls of the mind. Everything is coming apart. And what if this person decides to take all my money or abuse me or, or, or force me to do things I don't want to do, whatever it may be. Everything from uh, sexual stuff to slavery to going on and on. People are terrified. And quite often, this is uh, the way this is addressed in a lot of the sanghas. It's really irritating to me see, to see all these people with all this mind training try to build walls. They just got through reading the Heart Sutra without walls of the mind, my Dharma brothers, without walls of the mind, setting up a bunch of ethics. And laws, and we have some. We have them on our website. We have some. Did I create them? No, Asanga created them. I'm not going to come in and tell you what you should do or shouldn't do. But it's without walls of the mind. Mu ke ko. Setting up standards and then making sure everybody obeys. So nobody's going, nobody's doing anything weird. Nobody's hugging or kissing or having sexual relationships with their students. And yes, I'm going there because I'm saying, you don't, you can't evaluate. I mean, if somebody comes out of that situation, has been manipulated and controlled, that might be a little bit different, but you should meet that where it's at, not set up standards before it can even happen because this is what we call what? Karma? You heard of that? It's not just a kind of potato chip. It's not just a building next door, karma house. It's action and action. You cannot figure this out. You can't tell, uh, uh, Calculate it, calibrate it, control it. You can't do anything with that to get squeeze some kind of success. Of nobody abuses anybody anymore because of our great rules. That's why I didn't join the whatever it is, the one with the initials. And I looked at it. I thought well, this would be a good community. This is a Soko Koji Buddhist community. I tried to gather, bring people together, but <laughs> I don't know why it didn't work. I guess because it didn't need to. They all went different directions. So I'm not saying that other Zen teachers aren't that are wrong, shouldn't be doing that. They're doing the best they can with what they understand. But trying to control people with a bunch of rules is the, the only question I ever got a chance to ask Coben. Uh, he responded immediately. You don't take precepts. You observe them. Don't obey anything. Don't obey me. You observe them. Why do, why do you observe them? It's because everything is dependently arisen, and you cannot solidify, consolidate anything. Even the 16 precepts that we, we observe rotate. Like, for instance, the first grave precept is don't kill. Well, you can't help. You can't you have to kill something if you're going to live. Now, if you're going to kill, you might want to be respectful of that which you're about to eat, including celery. That's what you're eating. A lot of people eat bad food. 
struggle bowing. Earlier, you said to mind your own business when looking at um, another student's devotion. Yes. The teacher. Is, what is, or how can we appreciate someone else's devotion? Work with your own. Work with your own devotion. Because I mean, you, you're not really going to know what's going on over there. Because it'll all be full of projections. You cannot see what's in front of you. You can't see what, what's sitting next to you. You can't. Look who's sitting next to you. Look, look at her. You recognize her? Do you? No, you don't. You don't know who you're looking at. You're looking at your projections of her. And she's also a monk. Pardon me while I pick my nose. You can't see what is in front of you until you see the truth yourself, until you see what this is. If you don't know what this is, you have work to do. And you might have a whole buttload of work to do. That's what I'm here to say or offer. If you want help, I'll help you with that. Shoulder bowing. Um, in the past, you've mentioned how you had a couple questions for Trunkor and Pache that you didn't necessarily ask him in the time, like, what's all this drinking about? Or what's all this relationships with your student about? Now that some of that intense devotion that might look that way to us is showing up going towards you. Does that answer any of those questions? Um, there were no questions. There was just there was just confusion about the nature of reality. So those questions don't have answers because those are relative. But we still need to do this so that we can begin to approach that that cliff of reality that where we start to fall into fall into reality instead of avoiding reality by clinging to relative truth, which does not last impermanence without a self and is in distress, the three marks of existence. Nice show, Bowen. Go ahead, nice show. What is devotion? Um, what is it? What is devotion, Bowen? It's just, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, you could look up in the dictionary and find out what it is, but it's going to be different for each person. It, it the definition might give you some kind of idea, but then you have to work with uh, your, uh, as it says, refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, or refuge in the teacher, the teaching, and the community. And that can be, this day and age, it can be 2,500 years ago. This is why we're studying the Majima Nikaya, which is supposedly original teachings of the Buddha. We've been studying it for years, that one and other uh, Nikayas, other early Buddhist teachings. So you would have to find out. I, I sense you're a student of mine. You're sewing a robe to become a monk, and you're also having health issues that are extremely difficult. So you keep showing up. Just showing up here is devotion of, of a sort. I mean, it's not complete particularly, but it's, it's a working with it. But you would have to find out what that is, and, and you, might, you might talk to others, but um, it, it's not a... It's, it's not something you do, it's something you are, but you might have to do some of that to begin with. Uh, take refuge in the Buddha, refuge in the Dharma, refuge in the Sangha, refuge in the teacher. You might have to do that, that kind of, to, because you have a, an inspiration that doesn't have any conceptual tags on it. So you have the feeling and inspiration. So you might have to do some kind of something with your body, doing prostration. Uh, you know, the people who don't understand what a spiritual path is, a true spiritual path, that's going to, that just 
It's just a, it's like a, um, it's like a magnet for all kinds of conclusions and ideas and judgments and evaluations. People spend their whole lives just judging others. They miss their whole life because they're so full of themselves. And it's not that they, that there aren't people who are, are relatively correct. There's a relativity that's, you know, it's like, it's like uh, when someone is arrested for breaking into a party store and they're thrown in jail and they have to serve time there. Relatively, that's all true. But uh, ultimately, it's not true at all. And the only way you can approach that is to see the fundamental nature of self and other. The, I can flesh it out for you a little bit, but I don't have to go very far with this audience. You already know what I'm talking about. I'm saying that this, this young person, uh, man or woman, white, black, brown, red, is who knows what came before that, before they needed money. And they, didn't, they had no option. Our society is not set up to help people. It's set up to for selfish, selfish, greedy people who want to go into space and spend billions of dollars while people are starving all around the earth. Is this wrong? That's a misunderstanding. It's a big, big misunderstanding. It's about trying to come back to some kind of radical understanding of cause and effect. And you can see that by sitting down and watching cause and effect in your own mind stream. Something shows up and you'll notice you do something about it. Something comes up and you add. Something comes up and you judge or subtract. Something comes up and you, by watching that and not adding to the addition and not subtracting from the subtraction or shutting down on the shutting down, uh, we become more minimal in our way of working with the awareness. And, we, and the awareness itself uh, is, as the image has been used many times way before this person showed up, is, uh, wisdom is like the sky. It doesn't do anything. It just accommodates whatever comes in it. And your identity rotates away from being a cloud into being more like the sky, if anything at all. Not necessary to be anything. You may uh, misunderstand, you may understand, you may partially understand, but you're, you're looking at nobody. If I was operating out of credentials, I couldn't do this because I'm way too self-centered and, and naive and full of myself. Um, what would it look like to observe it's just like have you ever seen a trapdoor spider you ever seen a trapdoor of a trapdoor spider you want to see one you're in the desert I think it's like that it's something it's a conclusion it's you when you conclude something you see that you don't you don't investigate it anymore you don't know what's under the what's in the trapdoor it's gone it's just like <laughs> that feels better this is good. It concludes something. The thinking mind concludes at its convenience in order to protect its uh, threatened identity of being destroyed by the truth of uh, shunyata, the truth of dependent origination, the truth of the, the Buddha Dharma. More. So how can we work with conclusions as they arise on the path? Just watch them. Don't stop them, judgment. Don't support them explaining or justifying why you came to that conclusion, or even saying, oh, well, I'm trying to work with conclusions. So I, or ignoring it, distracting yourself into something else. Uh, go watch a movie. You know, not that I'm against any of that. I watched a couple of them last night. And one was really good, one sucked. It's called Relative Truth. More about that, it's a good area. How can we practice while also 
not killing ourselves over it. Yes, very good. Now, how can we, because when we start to sit down and look at this, it starts to get pretty greasy or grimy or dark or hot or my words, not yours, but, and I would say do enough, but don't overdo it so much that it becomes, that the ego gets on board with that and starts to become a, what, uh, you know, some kind of a Prateka Buddha or you're a self-styled, I think I've attained enlightenment. Now if I can just help the masses or if you, if you attain enlightenment, you won't, you won't see anything but enlightenment. And if it shows up as insanity, then you're not separating yourself from the insanity. It shows up as love, you're all about love. It shows up as hatred, you're all about love. Every time. Every time. Always. Outside of time. More? Questions on uh, Zoom? Mark, Mark Bowling, uh, this is from uh, Sheldon. Uh, is devotion just a matter of continuing to come back? Could be. Is it Sheldon? Yeah, Sheldon, you're, I would, I would, if someone said, do you think Sheldon is devoted? I would say yes. I mean, not, it's not a credential. I mean, if I, were to, if I were to evaluate it, I would say, you need to sit more. You should see me more. You should come up to the monastery instead of hanging out down there with your homies. Down in, where was he? Union Gap. <laughs> but, but there's nothing to correct. You're doing what you need to do. You stay in touch with me. I stay in touch with you. I wish you a happy birthday. Did I make a card? Yeah, I didn't make a card for you this year, but that doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so I was busy making a bunch of other cards. Choose them. Choose them, What does it mean to already be a fool? It's, it's like you, you know, to use that relative thing, you just realize that you, uh, you're foolish because you've, You've just spent decades and decades trying to be somebody, and then you find out there wasn't anyone. Who you were already was nobody. Already was not not a separate self, separate from anybody. So it just feels kind of foolish. So if you tried to make a fool out of me, you might have some difficulty. But I might, as a Dharma teacher, I might act like I was offended, depending on what I'm seeing that's trying to make me look foolish. Just like if you come and make threats to me, unlikely to do, but if you did, uh, I'm here to teach you. As I said, I don't need friends. I'm friendly sometimes. Sometimes I'm way friendly. Sometimes I'm way approachable. Sometimes I just look like an old, old man lit, sitting in a chair, smoking a cigarette. No, I don't smoke cigarettes. Drinking a beer. I don't drink beer. Uh, having some coffee. Black coffee now, my friends. I don't drink cream anymore. Cream is addictive. I'm an addict, so I have to stay away from cream. Chisho asks, uh, you, you, you ask us not to believe anything, including you, and that grasping is at the core of samsara. Devotion, as I understand it, is doing exactly those two, Beha believing in something or someone without quest a question and being attached to that. How, yeah. do, how do I deal with that contradiction? Chisho, you're doing it. I have no, there's no way I could correct you in any way. You're, you're doing it. Just that question tells me you're doing it. You're doing it. It just doesn't feel very secure because it's, it doesn't feel very secure. But also your, your style, not to 
criticize or to elevate you is extremely uh, uh, conceptual. You're a scientist, so your, your work is that way. Yours is going to have some kind of emotional dynamic, but it's going to be uh, below the surface of that thinking, processing mind. I don't want you to be anybody but who, yourself, but who you are. Just be who you are. You can realize your true nature without ever hugging me. I think you might have hugged me once, maybe twice. But I think it might have been made you a little tight to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I promise never to kiss you. <laughs> Unless you want me to, then I love to kiss you. <laughs> yeah, so, it, you know, you meet people where they're at. You don't, uh, you don't overwhelm somebody uh, with some kind of otherness that makes them have even more difficulty with their life. Unless you're their teacher and you're functioning out of your your vow to be with all things, and especially if they're if they're ordained and they're a monk also, then they should. When I say they should, I'm just saying the teaching can show up so many different ways. But anything that comes from the teacher, you you can we can you can give me questions about this from now on. Everything that the teacher does is a teaching. Otherwise, they're not a true teacher. Everything, everything, everything. In the Tibetan tradition, in order to emphasize that, they put people upon thrones with crowns and put them above the masses so that there's, it's easier to say, yes, Holy Father, please, please help me. But we need to get that moved in such a way that you can see that just like I'm wearing uh, a robe. I'm a fully ordained monk, which I stalled on that for many years until I couldn't stall. So here I am in this outfit. So this gives me a little bit of a credential. I was sitting here in uh, no shirt and bib overhauls. Uh, you might listen to me, and you might not. Um, uh, what's the difference between attachment and devotion to the teacher? Um, uh, they're the same. It's just that the attachment uh, and devotion to the teacher is, is extremely painful and is observed. And that's, that gives the paranoia room to, to be seen clearly. But otherwise, the paranoia goes underground and looks for some traces of uh, self-centeredness and starts a little army. And then the next thing you know, uh, you, you know, you've got something else more important to do. This isn't something you really want to do. I kind of like that guy, but some, there was something about him a little fishy. More? Dumb bowing. Attachment and devotion is... Racist confusion. Racist uh, confusion? Yeah. I thought you said racist confusion. <laughs> Raises. Raises confusion. Um, okay, confu that confusion is wisdom. Need more help? I'm using the concept, but what I'm saying is you need to look at those, uh, the texture of those deeply. The, 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 what's the difference between? What's the difference between? What's the difference? It's like, what's the difference between night and day? How much? Question from Shane in Virginia. Shane, you keep coming up with these questions. <sighs> Go ahead. Is there something we fundamentally owe our devotion to? You know, it could feel it could feel like that. It could feel I, I was never, as my teacher told me, he was never able to thank his gurus. I was never able to thank him. So, or or Coben, he died before I could. So. There's, there's there's some kind of some some quality of, uh, of uh, debt. Maybe 
But this is about, this is a lineage. This is a, a living both a Zen, a Soto Zen lineage going back through uh, uh, Dogen Zenji back to uh, Rujing in ancient China and Trungpa Rinpoche uh, going back through Trungpa, through the Trungpa Tokus, through the 16, 17 Karmapas, uh, all the way back to early, early uh, teachers, Dalopa, Naropa, Arpa, Mila, and so on. He says, if so, what? So his original question was, is there something we fundamentally owe our devotion to? If so, what? Yourself in the form of the teacher. You're looking at, the, you're looking at yourself. You're looking at your true nature. Don't believe me. I'm not asking for belief. Take your belief somewhere else where it works. It doesn't work here. Belief, disbelief. Belief, disbelief, and more obvious one. Uh, you want to find out who you truly are, you might want to talk to somebody who understands that. In ancient India, it was called the Satguru or the true teacher. And I say true teacher because it's someone who teaches out of, they're looking at it. So I say, ask any question you want. And I'll tell you or respond to you out of what I'm seeing in front of me. Shoka. Shoka Bhang, when there's devotion to the teacher, what is the devotion to if we can't see the teacher? Um, yeah, uh, you mean if the teacher's not in front of you or around, or they've gone to Brazil? Just looking at the projections when you were talking about, you might seem like a old man drinking coffee or, or some some other thing. Okay, I got. Go ahead. So, what's the devotion to if we can't see the teacher? So that's a that's extremely situational, and so any response is going to come up lots of different ways depending on who, what, where. Is this a person? That the teacher just met? Is this a person that's been a student of that teacher for years and years? Is this person completely committed, they fully ordained, where they've done everything they can do to put all their eggs in one kettle uh, of fish? You're just showing up two fingers? That's Cub Scouts. Boy Scouts is three. Marine Corps is four. So, Ryan, is the Devotion to something, a misunderstanding about devotion? I think, I feel that it starts that way, but eventually it's just devotion. Uh, as as uh, Ondo said when she gave the talk on devotion, someone asked some kind of a question, that, and her response was, I am devotion. That isn't something that someone says out of, hmm, let's see now. Can I devotion? That's something you. Someone asks you, and you, you know it, you know you are that devotion. And uh, when that begins to show up, that you are the devotion, and the ego is still there, the ego is, is, is starting to realize the nature of its relative reality, which is in a cage. It's a cage of its convictions, conclusions. It's in the cage of the passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear, and so on. It's in a cage. It starts to realize that and realize that something is happening without me. Not totally without because you ego mind, that self-centered mind is still seeing it. But actually there's a flow happening called devotion that, that, is, that is not coming. When that begins to happen, when someone can say that, this is not a credential for, for her at all. She knows that. But when that begins to happen, there, there's, 
there is no one who's devoted. There's devotion, but there's no one who's devoted. There's someone that you're devoted to, which is the teaching person or uh, in the representative of a Buddha, you could say. But there's also no one there. If there's someone there, uh, what to do? That's someone uh, that is somewhere taking you some kind of credential that they're a highfalutin teacher that understands the fundamental nature of reality and is about to help all you poor beings. True teacher, all, all she sees is the Buddha everywhere. But she sees it. They don't know it. So they're you have to teach to each person to help that person see what they're covering up, the way in which they're covering up their enlightened nature, their wisdom mind, their Rajna, Yana. A question from Navid in Iran. Navid. I've heard that in order to reach the height of wisdom, we have to reserve our sexual fluids. Is that true? And if so, how can we be devoted enough to follow that path? Uh, you're asking me, so I'm telling you, no. You should masturbate and come all over the place. Clear enough? Don't control anything. Please stop it. I'm being bizarre or ostentatious or whatever you want to call it, but I'm saying please don't, don't divert yourself from the spiritual path into some kind of relative accomplishment. Uh, I'm holding my seed back. So do that. You've asked me, and I, I, I have to tell you, notice I don't spend any time thinking about that. I don't have to think about anything, particularly because I'm responding to you. If you show up in front of me and you've given me permission to be your teacher, uh, I could just as easily knock you on your ass. If, you're not, if, you, if that's frightening, then go find another teacher. If you want the truth, there's no advertisement here, but uh, I'm looking at it all the time. I see it in everybody's faces, uh, and it's uh, uh, it's heartbreaking. I can't tell them. I, I can't just say what you're looking for. You are. You already are that. So what I'm saying about you should masturbate, maybe I'm just going to the extreme to make sure I cover everything, because I think that probably covers anything you're thinking about. Don't control it. If you want to read that material, go ahead. That was intended, I'm sure, at some point to help people. But the part of the issue we have here is this intense fear of sexuality. And the Tibetans tried to address that through um, Chakra Sambara, or the uh, two figures that come together in sexual embrace uh, on the spiritual path. Wisdom, skillful means. Trying to use that because they knew, or in my speculation here, that they knew that that's a powerful force that can't be set aside. You can't just go into a hermitage for um, 30, 40 years and never have any sexuality. It's nuts. It's just it's crazy. It, it's, it has all kinds of validation behind it. And that's why the world is so crazy with uh, what they're calling pornography. I don't agree with that either. I'm open for questions if you have them. Mark Bowing, Chiso uh, has a, another question. Uh, doesn't a devoted student need to do shikantaza? If they also need, need to that, then what rule, what role does devotion to a teacher play to to that student? Bowing. So if the the teacher, you come to the teacher, and you might have been doing this kind of meditation, that kind of meditation, 
And then a chicken tiles are just a word for sit still and look at it. We need some kind of a structure, otherwise it doesn't sound valid. If I just said sit still and look at look at it, if I said it in Portuguese, you might think it had more import. So it's about awareness. And so if if the person who told you that is telling you to do that, and then you go into that and you start uh, working with what's going to show up in your mind stream uh, and uh, difficult dealing with difficult things that are caused uh, in the 13th century or when you were 13 years old that have gone undercover, they were so so painful. So then you might need the chicken taza to go in and start to lift some of those manhole covers Oh, so we can let some air into that situation. And when you start to do that, when you're working with that and the crap starts to rise, because it will, if you do shikantaza, you might need to talk to somebody who's been there. It's like they say, you want to know the way up the mountain? Either, if you can, talk to the person who goes up and, them, up and down on the mountain all the time. Or the other way, if you see it, if you understand it, talk to the mountain. Mountains talk. Mountains are not separate from humans. Mountains and rivers, mountains and rivers, not separate, not separate, everywhere. So I'm not sure if I got to your question. I'm just saying you, you're going to need the teacher. Not that you can't read a book. You can read uh, the Diamond Sutra as uh, Wayne Eng read the Diamond Sutra and heard a few lines and became uh, uh, awakened. And then he had to run out of the monastery before the monks beat him up or being ahead of them when he was just a nobody who couldn't speak. Mandarin. I mean, write it. So uh, it's a relative situation. It's very, very individual. It seems necessary as far as I see. I certainly needed that to have an individual personal teacher, not just the teaching. We need the Buddha, obviously not historical Buddha, but we need someone who understood this. It could be Sekitu Kisan. It could be uh, Bodhidharma in the 7th century. It could be Dogen Zenji in the 13th century. Or it could be a contemporary teacher now. I don't think there are many, very many of them. Of course, I'm not doing a survey. Did I get to your question, Chisho, or do you have more there? Chisho uh, Bami. Yeah, I, I'm not uh, not sure what this devotion... I understand what you're saying about, uh, you know, starting off on the Shikantaza path because the teacher advises you and you trust the teacher. But thereafter, uh, yeah, what's the uh, where does devotion? Do I need to continuously display the devotion? Devotion in somebody? No, no. no let, let me help you there. Uh, you're as devoted as they come. I, I don't, I don't need anything from you. Can't be more devoted than you are. Da uh, Mark Bowling. Whoops. Go ahead. Uh, Dave. Uh, says, uh, can devotion come up in a way some folks would view as polyamory? Bowing. People are going to view things as, you know, no, I'm polyamory. My daughter's polyamory. I just uh, don't promote polyamory, nor do I promote child abuse, which I was subject to when I was a child pretty intensely. I don't know how I even managed to uh, stay alive. There was so much self-hatred here in this person. But I met my teacher in 1973. And that stopped immediately. 
I mean, it stopped me making up stuff about myself and trying to get rid of myself and decided that maybe I should just train my mind instead. But yes, polyamory, you can, you know, polyamory just means uh, lots of different ways of loving. Doesn't mean that you're sleeping around necessarily. People who understand that uh, are not, it's just means that you don't, you're not working with a lot of barriers in that way. You might be poly, polyamorous and be married to somebody who, who you, you know, it's totally, uh, that's just uh, understanding, but there's no trotting around having lots of different sexual partners. But I'm not sure if I got to your question, but the part of your question that I want to address is, yes, people will label everything they can to protect themselves from not knowing. People do not want to not understand something. They want to understand, and since the only option they have have to, in most cases, without a lot of work, is their concept. So they'll just judge it. Passion, aggression, and ignorance. I don't like that. I never have liked that. I'm not going to like that. Well, that's terrible. What should, they should be ashamed of themselves. Just constant, constant chatter of the self-centered mind trying to protect something that is completely unreal. People spend their whole lives, they waste their top of my point of view. They waste their this precious human birth trying to be somebody when they're already, as soon as you come into this realm, this human realm, you already are not separate from the Buddha. It is your birthright. It's waiting for you. Not because I am such a wonderful person, but um, I was very lucky to meet some people who understood this and helped me with it. So now, with your permission, I will help you. And also, I'm fine if you go another direction. Other questions? Yeah. No. So when um, I'm in the midst of intense jealousy, um, is there a way that I can observe that and also observe who is it that's jealous? Is there some... I don't know, I would call it a mantra that I can say as that's occurring. Maybe. If it's a mantra, then it probably needs to come out of your mind stream rather than me or anyone else giving you or use some traditional one. So, yes. I guess to clarify, I'm thinking, um, I use that in quotes. Um, is, there, is it appropriate then to question who is it that is jealous during that height of that situation? You do that. Especially, uh, especially if you have a strong sitting practice, which yours comes and goes. I don't know how strong it is right now, but a few hours a day, you're doing that? Not that much. Do more. This is my wife, by the way. Do more. Sit more. Practice more. That won't necessarily help you help it be any less irritating or the jealousy be less feel like a real thing that you're being abused or not treated well or somebody's getting something that you should have or all the other prescriptions that come up that will help you actually meet that jealousy where it's at in the very area where the texture of the jealousy is rather than out here where the justification for the jealousy. Well, of course I'm jealous because look what's happening here and what they did. We're not really separate from each other like we look, but we'll continue to try to separate ourselves from each other out of fear. Death comes without warning. It's coming. It's coming. Bring your mind now. Close up. Wow.
I'll come back, Cozen. Go ahead. When it comes to Chikitazala um, or um, drawing exercises or reading, I find myself blocked, like writer's block kind of blocked, and can't do it. And I can't see why I can't do it either. How do I? That's because what you're doing is you're trying to live up to a concept rather than actually doing the practice. So if it were the drawing project, something I gave you, the drawing project. So I would just say, uh, um, and there, I'm not going to go into that because I don't want to get a lot of questions on the drawing project, but uh, uh, just do it. Uh, number it and, uh, and draw something. What was the object the object you drew? Of course. Of course, yeah. Just come in and draw, uh, draw anything. Uh, write, write the number down for the number, which draw, which uh, number it is, and write the word horse. Can you do that? Yeah, go ahead. Draw, draw a square and put a tail on it. Uh, really, I mean, you, all you'd have to do is fulfill the approach. It's about awareness. It's not about drawing horses. What happens when you... Sit. Well, get up and go do something else. Don't maintain anything. It might be better for you to go two or three weeks without sitting at all so you can get an idea of what sitting is for you personally, just like what devotion is for you personally. I'm telling Chisho is asking about it and has some doubts and wondering about it. I'm telling you, you want to find out if you're devoted, come and ask me because I can feel it. I can feel uh, quite a bit. There's people that don't think, might not think that I realize their connection with me, and I do. That's why it's sometimes surprising that someone can get so paranoid that they run away without even talking to me about it because I know they're, they're at one point they were very devoted. Is there an immediate practice between? Just sitting, coming off shift where there's stuff happening that I'm not ready to. I just shift, just uh, just sit. If I can't, because it's because sitting and seeing all that. Uh, close your eyes and follow your breath. I mean, I'm just trying to find find a way that you can hold still. The most important thing is stillness. Still hold very still without being rigid, and if you can't just follow the breath coming and going, mm -hmm. then count the breath. If you need stronger form than that, then close the eyes. And then, or count the out-breath as one, the in-breath as one. The out-breath is two, the in-breath is two. Just tighten up that area, but don't maintain that for from now on, just as soon as you can return to uh, just precisely this or Shikantaza. Close on. Close on bowing. As a, can you hear me? No. As a path, practice, you say two things that I'm asking about. One is trust yourself. And one is don't buy into your thought patterns. No. What are each of those? They're the same. They're they're identical. They have different descriptions, but they're the same. And that's especially true for you, my friend. Especially true. I'm ready. You have more. I'm at the end of the walkway. I'm carrying a red umbrella. I have black, shiny boots on. Uh, Mark Bowling, Maria wants to know, um, are longing and devotion the same? Yes. Same thing. Same thing. It just, it shows up, a, it's just a different, uh, instead of, a, instead of a, um, instead of a warm rain, it's cold rain, but it's rain, lots of it. It'll get warmer. Junchi Bowling, 
Do you give any of your students anything that you don't give to your wife? What do you think? <laughs> she says no, but it's kind of difficult to probably give more to her because I'm with her all the time. So in a relative sense, but in an ultimate sense, no. No, I'm with there are people I've uh, on here on here that I've never met that I feel very very close to. Uh, however you want to say so. I don't know what you're trying to navigate away, but you know, if you get into the materialistic idea, then there's probably all kinds of things that could show up in that area. But if uh, when I, if those of you have had an interview interview with me, and I'm not trying to promote myself because um, particularly, but somewhat, if I have an uh, interview with, uh, say, Joyce, which I've never met Joyce, but there isn't anybody but Joyce. We just talk about, uh, discuss her practice and how things are going for her. Pretty straightforward. The same with David, or same with uh, that whom I have never met, or with people that I've. Uh, Mark Hirsch is another person I've never met face to face. And then some people I've, you know, someone I've been known for thirty years, thirty years, and have been a student of mine for thirty years, and have been my wife for ten years. So it's it's a completely individual thing. Is there? Can you tell me? Ask me, tell me, what would you like to know? What, what, what prompts the question? That might be a better place to go. Then I can begin scolding. Um, it's just coming out of all of these talks on devotion. It seems like there's a lot of confusion looking at when you're feeling jealous of Aldo's devotion or of anyone's devotion mm -hmm. and thinking, well, what is she jealous of or I'm just trying to put into words something in that area. Kozan, you have a question? Kozan Bauer, I was not quite done with the other line of questioning. Before you, you, said, interrupted you? No. Interrupt you? No, you didn't interrupt me. There was another question. It's difficult to tell who has a question when we're on Zoom. It is. I'm probably more confused than anybody. So before that falls out of my brain pan. Good. Go ahead. Go for it. As it regards the question of trusting yourself and don't buy into your thought patterns, you said they're the same thing. They are. So you say, trust yourself, which sounds like a do, and don't buy into your thought patterns, which sounds like a don't. That's your, that's your interpretation of that, and that's how we separate it into right and wrong, up and down, back. We're talking about non-duality. We're approaching it as tenderly, and succinctly and with as sharp a scalpel as we can. So they, they, are, they are separated, obviously. You just, but fundamentally they're not two. It's sandokai, the equality of sameness and difference. It's hard because it's much safer to just join to one side and just not like that, or join to another side and say, well, that's, well, uh, they're justified in feeling that way. It's, the whole world is full of magnets or passion, aggression, ignorance. And, and just because you're a fully ordained monk or I'm a fully ordained monk, doesn't mean we're, we're free from that. It's, it's just like, it's just, and again, what I say is it's not about not doing that. It's about being aware that you're being drawn into a vortex of right and a board, or, a, or a thrown out of a, of a tunnel of love into wrong. It's about awareness. We tend to identify with the body 
mind complex, as Dogen said in the 13th century, drop off body and mind. He didn't say get rid of your body, get rid of your mind. He said see that they are unreal. Go ahead. Hold on. Well, I'm bowing. As it regards what appears to be coming out, as it's showing up, however it looks, even if it appears to be taking sides, in that situation, if it's choiceless, what is trusting yourself? Ready? Mm-hmm. Do nothing. Doing something isn't trusting yourself. That's producing based on conclusions that cause you to produce. Do nothing. Hold on, bowing. Yes. Is doing nothing ever doing something? Always. Be the wisdom you're trying to find. Be the way you, you already are, not separate from the Buddha. And you can say, I can say, you can say, well, oh, hum, that's, how's that going to help me when I'm tearing myself apart over should I or shouldn't I or what this person said or that person said or what I should, I should do in my job or my relationship or my relationship to the, to a Sangha member or to my teacher or to any other thing. Yeah, I know it's very difficult and each person's path is completely uh, unique because of the karma that brings us into this life stream. Some of us are extremely uh, gifted and intelligent and analytical and can figure things out, and others are a little bit on the slow side. I happen to be on the slow side. It's not some kind of humility, it's just the truth. Just a moment, please. Question? From the violence. I wanted to ask about the um, difference between the path, devotion to the path or devotion to the teacher. Same. But the path may show up uh, structurally different. It's going to. It's a structure. Devotion to the teacher is is just uh, give it to the teacher. Uh, you, you can give... Uh, Give your uh, your confidence, your love, your devotion, your energy to the teacher, and you you will find, as I'm sure you found, um, that you can pile everything else on the same freight train. All the negativity, all the paranoia. But if you're trying to keep that paranoia for yourself because you're afraid, if I give up the paranoia, I won't be protected. So I just kind of I'll hold back a little bit for just in case, you know, just in case. This is a relative working with the world in a relative way. That would be like me coming in here with a bunch of notes, just in case. Just in case somebody asks me something I might need to, I don't know what else to say other than just give everything you've got. More? How do we step out into that fear of paranoia? And you're doing it, actually. It's like I'm saying to Chisho, who's asking about some understanding. He's doing it. I can't say that about everyone here. I don't really know everyone here for sure. Somewhat. I don't miss too much. But the feeling that what you're asking about doesn't, you don't need an actual answer to that. An actual answer to that starts to seal down the area that's starting to open up into so it gives you some kind of relative confidence you can proceed. This is in fact uh, Kozan's area of not quite being able to just be and, and, and her, her idea, not Kozan's idea, as I see it, it, not necessarily correct, 
but needs to, she can't make a mistake. So it can't be, she can't, it's just too scary out there because what if she's wrong? What if she trusted herself and was wrong? So therefore, what she is talking about is trust. Speaking of, uh, pardon my third person uh, situation here, but, it, but it's, a very, it's a very strong structure of trusting. You can't, there is no self. This is why I say trust yourself, because I know what you're going to run into. You won't know what that means. And what would I say? Ha ha! Who said that first? Which cartoon character said that? Come on. Huh? Nelson <laughs> Mandela? <laughs> no. Yes. So the way you responded to Kozan's question about doing that thing, does that mean no production? No production. Just receive. If you're just receiving, just receiving, just receiving, no matter what, even if it's, uh, in, in her case, and I don't, I don't think uh, she'll uh, miss what I'm saying, even if the, if the teaching person comes and provokes you, no production. No production. If you do production, you, you know, then what you're, you're showing me the way in which you're protected. So you're not really, this needs to become soft. And if, if you can't do that, then, as I said, do something else. Don't misunderstand me, because I don't you go anywhere. You go anywhere, I'm going to send out Casey looking for you. <laughs> she knows where you're at. But about how can we do nothing and also not fall into the trap of the projective Buddha? If you're doing a lot of sitting and you're talking to the teacher, it's unlikely that's going to happen. As soon as Prateka Buddha starts to show up, uh, the teaching person, if they're a true teacher, will see that and will help you with that. Go ahead. Was that happening to me when I was living here? Yeah. You knew that. You couldn't even ask that question. But it wasn't like overwhelming you know, a year or two ago. Yeah, somewhat. But that everybody has to go through the Shalaka, the Prateka Buddha and then into the, the Mahayana or the Bodhisattva. So we all have to go through that. But each person going through that is going to get stuck in certain areas of it. As far as I'm concerned, from the person I'm talking to now, I'm not seeing any problem with that. More? The only way to move into the paranoia, seeing no self. Eventually. But it just has to be a consistent, just persistent willingness to, to be paranoid or to be jealous. Back. No, you're in. So you have a question. Yes. Being an accountant, you probably remember your question. Oh, no, bowing. Um, is the paranoia to be seen to see through the paranoia um, is the path no self paraphrase that yeah um, is the only way to see paranoia No, it's, it's okay. So the, whatever the emotion is, the paranoia coming up, uh, the fear coming up, the anger coming up, the irritation, any one, just pick one. There's all kinds of variations on that. I think there's a, in the Abhidharma, there's a, 
Was there how many different kinds of emotions are there? Is it 51? Or? Quite a bit, depending on the school. Yeah, quite a bit, depending on the school. So this is a school of order of immediate life. So makes it immediate. Me? <laughs> Chicken tacos? So, whatever arises, passion, aggression, ignorance, and all the huge display of nuance in that whole area, it's dependently arisen. Even if it's rising in your mind stream, it's dependently arisen. It's none of your business. That doesn't mean that you, oh, that's none of my business. You ignore it. You watch it just like a, a, a cardinal landing on the window ledge is really none of your business. It's there. You can receive that. You can look at its colors. You can look, watch its wings move. You can watch it look around for a few moments and fly away. So there might have been some passion there and, and, and by receiving the color or appreciating that uh, small animal. And maybe you might have been a little aggression because it was pooping on the window ledge and you're going to have to clean that out. And there might have been a little bit, been a little bit of ignoring because uh, you got food on the stove or something so you're distracted away. Simply put, and what is being said here is whatever arises in the mind stream, even if it's validated by somebody actually doing something out here to cause you, trigger you to do this, quite often what happens, that your response to that is not about what just happened, but it's because you shut down on that for centuries. So when this trigger comes along, you've been able to hide out from this, it opens the whole thing, and then everybody, everything wants to have its grievance at the same time. So this whole overwhelming surge of of uh, a jealousy, or or of uh, paranoia, or of anger. Uh, we one of the ways we get rid of any of that, uh, at least temporarily, get rid of it, is to blame something, some someone, some situation. Blame ourselves. Well, I just can't handle this. This is here I go again. Or blame others. Well, if they wouldn't, if she she didn't, if they didn't, if this wouldn't happen, they'd stop doing this. Rather than actually be responsible for what's rising in your mind stream, because you are the mind stream. You are dependent origination. You are this. As long as there's a human form, the consciousness has found this form. You are this. So there's there's nothing to criticize. There's nothing to celebrate. What is there? Not separate. Be the be the situation you're trying to avoid or change or into something else. This is not a, a relative uh, situation that you can fundamentally fix, but you can see it. You can see what it is. And when you see what it is, not only compassion begins to rise for, for yourself, but for others, because you're not separate from them. You begin to see, and this compassion may not be noticeable to someone you even live with, and they, because they're so full of their own Bungles in front of their eyes, in front of their perception. They can't see direct perception with no mind training. And if they do see it, they may they may see you. You may see them directly. One last thing on that is it's about seeing that everything that arises, including the jealousy, is empty of some centrality. Some It's, it's caused by this and this and this and this. Conditions are right, and that arises. But the same is true for the ego, the self-centered aspect of the mind, which 
is that interior dictator or oligarch that wants control of everything, does not want to use control. So therefore, when the, as it says in the myth of freedom, uh, the function of the teacher, you might have said, guru, I don't know, I can't remember, is to insult you. And, and that's because that's for the ego, really. There's lots of that. That's what's happening. So then you get insulted. That's that teaching person is pointing out your vanity, which you might think you're, you don't have. You might think you're so serene and peaceful and have such good intentions to help all the polar bears. Shoto Bowie. Um, I wasn't here for the devotion talks, and I've had a chance to at least listen to your talk on it and Ondo and Munoz. Would it be all right if I ask a question or two around that? Of course. It's not. Sure. Um, if we are devotion, is wanting to display that or show that a way of getting credit for that devotion? Bowing. So, well, it certainly could be. But it wouldn't be devotion. But the person projecting, like if someone is dropping at my feet or at anyone's feet, it would have to be this person. Uh, unless you see what that, unless you know what's happening with you and, and you, what your relationship is to the teacher, it's probably going to project on that because it's not something you're doing. And you might come and say, which people have actually said, should I be doing that? And I say, no, this is not another form. This is just an expression. And no one, no one has to do anything uh, other than if you come here, you're going to have to observe the meditation forms in the monastery or else just don't come here, stay home. If you come here, then you need to, uh, but nothing is particularly enforced. We've had people come in and sit in, in, in as if, as if they were the only one here. It was like their living room, take their car keys and toss them on there. There's that baton and clink, 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 clink. People are sitting. Were they corrected? No. Other places they would be corrected, but here their confusion is what? Respected. This is unusual in monasteries or temples of any tradition. They're always trying to correct and make sure you do it right. This is just a big misunderstanding and a huge one. And it continues to keep people on that track of right and wrong, correct and incorrect, uh, obey or don't obey. Or, same thing with the teacher. You don't have to don't owe anything. See someone, you back to your question, if you see someone prostrating themselves uh, to the altar, uh, that doesn't seem to bother you. But if you see them prostrating to the teacher and uh, showing devotion to the teacher in the West, that's very hard to take because we have so many fears and preconceptions and judgments about it. And teachers have tried to address this in different ways. Uh, the way Coben uh, addressed it is to be very ordinary and simple and, and uh, a lot, uh, to watch me take pictures of him while I walk, walk like dog shit off his shoes. And I let him do that instead of helping him with it. I was just taking pictures of him. I didn't know who was in front of me at that time. And I've been practicing for 17 years. It takes a long time. Yeah, further question, Shoto? Shoto, yes. Um, 
I don't remember if it came specifically out of the talks, but it seems like Unio was seeing Ondo's devotion and getting jealous from that. In in the same way, is Ondo's devotion fed by Unio's jealousy? Alan? It's getting pretty crispy there, Shoto. I'm going to have to have, get help, some help from Shisho to find out what you just said. <laughs> what did you say again? Shoto, you want me to repeat it or paraphrase it? Both. I said, does Unio's jealousy feed Unio? <laughs> so wait, let's go slowly and just keep it says, Unio's jealousy. Well, she didn't, she didn't have any jealousy. I don't think. So Unio's jealousy, what about it? What happened? Does it feed? Feed? Yes. Okay, feed it. So something that implies something's hungry. Okay. Does it feed on those devotion? Does it? She says no. So should we ask? Should we could ask either one of these uh, women uh, what is being fed and see how it appears to them? How would you like to start? Um, it it came out of one of Ondo's responses to where she said that jealousy is coming out of fear, but devotion comes out of love, and it felt like a way of separating the two, or even kind of putting up the one situation above the other, and I was wanting to go into that. Let's do it. It's a good, good question. So let's let's start with, which way do you want to start with? You? You want to start? Okay, Ondo's going to, she just bowed, which means she's probably going to start talking. Go ahead. Ondo bowing. What is the question, Shoto? Bowing. <laughs> Shoto bowing. Does your devotion seem more sane than Unio's jealousy? Bowing. Undo bowing. No, on further reflection. Bowing. Thank you. Any questions for What's your name again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tied up with Undo I can't even remember. Any question for Unio? Shoto bowing. Um Unio does your jealousy seemed less sane than Ondo's devotion, bowing. I'm not sure what you mean by sane, less or more. Uh, what I know is I'm on the Bodhisattva path, and this is, my teacher tells me that this is, it's a powerful Dharma gate, and I'm determined to see through that. Bowing. Further questions? Jason Bowen. Jason. Are, are you are you focused on feeling particularly strong emotions about um, how people have misinterpreted their devotion, especially those who have sent you text and, and left Bowen? Yes, I am. Strong emotions. Further questions? Not about that. Um, I, you, uh, you said about Chisho that he is as devoted as they come. Yes. If Chisho sent you a text tomorrow saying that 
he was out. He he's, doesn't want to do this anymore with you. Would that still be true, Darling? Yes. Completely. But once the, once the devotion shows up, it can't stop. Because, you know, it doesn't belong to anyone. Nobody owns devotion. There's no one who's devoted. This is why it's so disturbing to have devotion arise in your heart. Because it, you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you're going to do next. You're totally paranoid about everything. And so and the only reference point you have is the, the true teacher. And the, the, the Dharma and the Sangha, of course, but those are not exactly, uh, exactly emotional supports. Somewhat. So, if, if just to go further, if she, that would be unlikely for Tisho to do that, but it's possible. Karma comes from, you know, from all kinds of directions. But Tisho could, just to, not to continue to make up stuff, but Tisho could meet someone who ha has a really strong heart connection with, and he could go another direction. But knowing Tisho, I think he would talk to me about it before he did that, which would be respectful to do that, which is. Which, which would mean that he wasn't operating out of fear, just being respectful. I've had people leave many times without, without even explaining or just shutting off. It's not comfortable. It is emotional for me. I love those people, but it's not a possessive kind of love where I have to have them come back like I need them. I'm just concerned about there's not many places they're going to get the kind of love that's here. Not because I'm a great guy. Or wonderful person it's because I'm nobody, nobody in particular. Otherwise, it couldn't function this way. That's why I often say, "Come and get me. Come and make a fool of me." You know, you're a lot of intelligent people out here, especially Jason. My goodness, what a brainiac he is! You know, come and get me. Show, prove I'm a charlatan, or make it out that I'm some kind of a charlatan. Maybe I am. Is it more, I guess, more or less um, emotional when it is somebody that you thought was devoted, uh, like thought was more more devoted than someone who wasn't? As I said, the devotion doesn't belong to anyone. But it starts to get really intense when the, when your identity starts to collapse and you don't know who's devoted anymore because it's so powerful, sometimes called love. It's very unconditional, and it, it demands nothing. The teaching person, if he, she, or they are a true teacher, need nothing. They don't demand anything. The whole damn thing can collapse, and the person will just do whatever shows up next. So there's no, this doesn't mean that the emotion, but that emotion is also, that uh, is showing up like that, is also dependently risen. Devotion as it truly is, uh, is a path, so there's going to be emotion. But devotion that is not separate from wisdom, uh, nothing is happening at all. It only happens in terms of a student arises, then devotion arises to support that human being on their path to liberation. But when there's no student, there, there isn't anyone. Don't believe, I'm not saying believe what Sogazan says. What I usually say, you could consider it, you could reflect on it. And I wouldn't conclude too much. Because as soon as you conclude, you've actually left what you were looking at. But as for scientists, they're interested in manipulating relative truth to 
get more money, get more power, get more happiness, get more, get more, get more. So we've probably gone way over our time. If there's a final question, you can address it or not. Long bowing. Long. In in the, the students that have left you in the past, have any of those been recognized by you as their devotion to the path arising as leaving you? Oh, of course. Oh, by all means, yes. They're, they want devotion, but, but they, they got frightened. They want, they want the path. They want the Buddha's Dharma. So, yes, totally. Sometimes the chemistry or whatever causes and conditions. I'm no saint, uh, and, and they're no angel, or they're, however you want to look at it. The causes and conditions, yeah, there's nothing. I don't have anything to criticize. I'm just, I feel sad when somebody that I met and worked with long enough to know that I, that I understand what their dilemma is. And uh, I'm not saying I alone can fix it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we would do it together as a mutual thing. It's much more mutual than it is generally promoted as the, uh, the guru and the chila down here, you know, it's just all this polarity. That's done because in ancient cultures, you needed to have that kind of somebody on a throne and somebody groveling in the dirt in order to make the teaching work because there was no internet. Now you don't need that. That's, all right. That's just my way of talking about it. I don't know. But I would say, you no, know, anyone who's, uh, as I understand it, someone who's come this way, met me, uh, and then has been freaked out by something or who knows, any kind of reason, gone another direction. Uh, you're asking about their devotion to the Dharma. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, you, you brought up Wulong Bowing. You brought up fear now and something that freaked them out. Um, further into that question is, what if there is an absence? There's no fear. There's no freaking out. Has it arisen as a clarity to leave you? It seems like in the past you've described them that there's they're always afraid of something. So there's there's the implication there that they're not facing something. They're ignoring something. Yes, I know, and that that especially bothers you down through the years. We keep talking about this, as you recall. Wulong bowing. What especially bothers me? That somebody might be wrong. Wulong bowing, by which do you mean that you might be wrong to me? Bowing. Yeah. So let me, let me, this might clarify for you, certainly clarify me for, for me to just say it. I trust people to do whatever they need to do. I don't always understand all the causes and conditions that arise for people. The only thing I would say is if you, if, it would be good if you helpful for everyone to, to not just run off into the, you know, with a big cloud of dust and, and, and kick stones in my face to just say, I need to, I need to walk another way. The person, a piece of person recently who, who, uh, came and said, uh, I can no longer, after listening to those talks on devotion, I can no longer be, uh, I no longer want you to be my teacher. And I thank them profusely. I said, thank you so much. This happens so rarely. Thank you so much. I understand. And then I think uh, that person may be a little bit surprised by how easy I was just kind of letting them go. And then they said, well, I could come back. I said, and then I looked at them for a minute and they said, probably won't. And then, you know, that like, so you could see that, uh, but it's not important that they come back. They should do whatever they need to do. And, and, and the, 
the, the amount of clarity this person has, and they're confused, uh, met them, quite confused, but the amount of clarity they had was pretty strong, but they were able to look at it and say this, whatever, they didn't go into detail, I didn't ask them. Had they offered, I would have been happy to discuss it with them, but I didn't, they just got through firing me, so I, I don't have any permission anymore. So I just said, thank you very much. I appreciate, means a lot to me for you to tell me uh, when someone uh, ask permission and wants me to be their teacher. I usually try to make it as strong as I can so they have to come, but they don't. They agree. Yes, I will tell you. I'll come and talk to you about it. Uh, I will, uh, the way I say, you need to come and ask me permission to go to another teacher. And uh, I probably should say, ask permission to not be. You know, but then they say, oh, you know, you, I'm not going to give you all that power. I mean, total misunderstanding of power. Don't realize that that's about respect. People just run away and, and continue their own self-disrespect by dis disrespecting someone whose intention was to serve them and help them with no, no, no fee, no, not a, no transaction. Even the, even the devotion is not, not required or requested. So I, I sometimes say, I don't need the devotion, but you might need to be devoted. This might not be a bad direction to come since this person is not going to particularly do anything with, with you unless they have, unless uh, I would have your permission to give you instructions or something. So that was only one of those people. The, the other ones uh, just uh, that, that I felt I was even closer to, one of them in particular was very close to it. So, but they freaked out. I don't know what happened because they won't talk to me and they wouldn't even send me a personal text. They sent a group text and I was included in so that was that shows you how terrified the person is. Is that wrong? No, it's not wrong at all. It's just painful to see that. So that's how it's emotional. As I, I know, I feel like uh, we could continue to work mutually together. I could help her. I happen to be a woman. Let that slip out. Um, work with, uh, with their mind, but too much too much fear. Even though I don't think I've ever asked anything of the person other than. Face the wall. Wulong Bowing, I'm sorry, this, this, I know we've gone way over. Um, have you ever had a student that you know you cannot help? And how, yeah. do you work, how do you work with that? Oh, I get rid of them, quick. Out of here, get out of here. So when I say I know I can't help, I just, so I don't have the, the I'm not on their, their wavelength, their frequency. Uh, if, there, if there was more coming this way, I might be able to. But quite often, they're, they're, I don't mean this so, so critically, because everybody's full of themselves. I am too. But they're so full of themselves, and they're so biased into their ideas about everything that they might come in, they might meditate. I had a one, one person who claimed to be enlightened come. I gave them a benefit of the doubt, because I see they've really done some work and seen, uh, in, in, seen the, the instability of a solid self. They had a powerful, theirs was a contrasted realization. In other words, they on the verge of killing themselves, and then they just don't. And then they see that there wasn't anyone to kill anyone. So they had a, they didn't have a lifetime of a, or even 10 years of practicing. They just had this sudden Kensho into their true nature. Probably pretty valid, but it doesn't last because it's an experience. Awakening is not an experience. If you think you had an awakening experience, that would be just something that hangs around for a while and leaves. So, um, so I, I would say that, that that's a person I 
maybe if they had stayed, my recommendation was stay here and clarify what you just saw. Stay, give it 10 years. I don't know if I said it that way, but I said, give it some time. Just continue to sit and practice and don't teach anybody. Just continue to clarify. This person immediately kind of tried to start teaching people, right? Teaching other people in the monastery. Yeah, including me. Including me. I was teaching me too. And what did I do? I listened. Quite a bit. So, you think you're awake or not? Unless it's me. You know, I get to think. I'm, you guys don't. Thank so you. It's not, it's, not an, it's not an experience. It's experiential. That's something, but it's not an experience. If it's an experience, it'll go away. The, the, your realization will fade. It might take a year or two. Or else it'll start to fade and you'll cover it up with ideas that'll fixate it and stuff. So you can always refer, relate to it and you, you, you have so much knowledge conceptually that it, it, and it, most people it would look like you're awake. It's not going to look like you're awake to me unless you are. So come and check it out if you want to. Not a threat. I'm really nice. Most of the time. Okay, we can close. Thank you so much, and thank you for this uh, hanging around for this long uh, uh, dithyram. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions of the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokoboji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.